being able to question every aspect of that step and look at it from the standpoint of, is this process necessary, number one, but is it also sustainable? What kind of impact is this process contributing to the environment overall? So it really is about questioning every aspect of the development process when it comes to manufacturing and being able to look at it in terms of if there is an opportunity to innovate from a sustainability standpoint in that space. Welcome to another edition of Be The Change Georgia, where we amplify the voices of the inspiring business leaders surrounding the B Corp and social impact movements across the Southeast to help you learn how to build your legacy at the intersection of people, planet, purpose, and profit. I'm your guide, Nathan Stuck, and today you're in for a treat as we unpack the wisdom from our friend Tia Robinson, the CEO and founder of Vertical Activewear, a vertically integrated brand that sustainably manufactures apparel on demand in Metro Atlanta. Tia launched her business in 2020 to help take the waste out of fashion, not only by creating a sustainable apparel brand, but by also incorporating a sustainable supply chain in-house. In this conversation, you'll get to learn about the founding story of Vertical Activewear and how Tia was able to identify the business case for taking her leap of faith into entrepreneurship, the specific ways her fast-growing business is lessening the impact on the environment, and the way she's facing those challenges head-on as a leader, the decision-making process and line of questioning that helps her bake environmental sustainability into her decision-making framework, and some tips that you can walk away from to use your business as a force for good. All right, let's jump right into this conversation with Tia. Enjoy. Tia, welcome to Be The Change Georgia. It's good to have you on this morning. Thank you for having me, Nathan. I know it's exciting too. It was we'd met and now we've met twice in one week in person. So surprise. The joys of being back to in real life networking. Exactly, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, it's uh yeah, no, it's but it's still funny to see the trickle of people that you'd met via Zoom that you're now getting to meet in person is still fun. Yeah, and bump into them. You're like, you are <laughs> So grateful for name tags, aren't you? Like where you're exactly. like, I know you from somewhere. From somewhere. We sat on the call. I remember your face out of 40 other Zoom participants, but yeah. <laughs> yes. And then you have to remember the context. Good good times. Exactly. It's always sustainability and social impact, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which brings us full circle. Look at that beautiful segue. Oh. Um, so, no, I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited to talk vertical active wear. And just as I've gotten to know you, your story's pretty cool. The brand story is pretty cool. So let's unpack it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what do you wish everyone understood about Tia Robinson and vertical active wear? And then the why behind both of them? Uh, let me say that first and foremost, I'm a certified meditation instructor. I have been an avid meditator for over 15 years. And um, it really is, it's a thing that led to me creating vertical active wear. So I was working in corporate America and, you know, was bright eyed, bushy tail, saw that corner office and world domination from a marketing standpoint, right? That's the field that I was in. But I eventually started to deal with burnout. And that burnout started to manifest into panic attacks. And I went to the doctor and he was kind of like, well, you know, 
here's a prescription and I recommend that you quit your job. And I was like, ah, <laughs> those are my options, right? Um, but anyone who knows me knows that I look for like a holistic way of doing things. And so I came across meditation and started my journey into mindfulness and a mindfulness practice around the same time that I was uh, looking, getting into the fashion industry and starting a fitness apparel line. And so I launched Vertical kind of lightly before its solid launch back in like the beginning of 2020. So right before the pandemic hit, I was gearing up to launch Vertical to focus on on-demand production and it being a brand that not only uses recycled water bottles for its foundational fabric, but also you can order it on demand and we'll ship it to you. And so things were great. You know, I had really found my niche in terms of what felt good to me in terms of being a founder that was launching something that served a need in the market, which was really kind of focusing on being the opposite of fast fashion, focusing on slow fashion. But at the same time that I was launching, there was this demand for PPE <laughs> product, right? And so all the manufacturing companies started to work with hospitals and they were essentially like, if you're not ordering a thousand pieces or anything that's comparable to what it is that they started to get used to during the pandemic, they essentially were like, we'll get to your stuff when we get to it, or we can't do it, right? It's not advantageous for us. And so during the time that I was really going hard from a marketing and PR experience uh, standpoint, because, you know, that was my background, I was also having this issue in terms of working with manufacturers and trying to make sure that I was fulfilling the demand that I was creating and that my customers were happy. And so there was a lot of complication when it came to that. But the story goes on because I always look at things in terms of, okay, this is a problem. What's the solution, right? Wanted to maintain the value proposition of being able to say that we make things on demand as a way to combat overproduction. But without that manufacturing piece, I really understood that that left me at a disadvantage um, and not being able to control my manufacturing um, process. And so the solution was for me to get in the manufacturing. And so the manufacturer that I did find at that particular time that would work with me ended up going bankrupt. <laughs> so in 2020 was popping for a whole bunch of people, but it wasn't popping for me, right? Because it's like, I finally do find someone and they go bankrupt. But that left opportunity for me to be able to maintain that relationship with that manufacturer and actually acquire their equipment. So I found myself getting into the manufacturing space because of all of these hurdles and obstacles that I was facing, but I continued to make sure that I asked my question of what's the solution here? And that's really been the question. Like if I could have a t-shirt, it would say, what's the solution, right? Because I never gave up on the business or the brand. I always looked at it from the standpoint, what's a sustainable solution here for vertical so that we can continue to do what it is that we are looking to do and stay true to the mission, but also make sure that 
we're not only controlling our narrative, we're controlling various different aspects of the business and the brand. And the reason why getting into manufacturing was so important is as I started to learn, a lot of the waste comes from the manufacturing process. So about 30% of it comes from brands, retailers, and manufacturers. And for us to truly, truly live up to the commitment of combating overproduction and being as sustainable as we possibly could, naturally, it would make sense for us to get into manufacturing and sustainable manufacturing because there's really not a lot of folks in the country, trust me, I have looked, that are doing it. And so that made sense for verticals. So we've gone through a few iterations, but right now we are vertically integrated company that sustainably manufactures apparel on demand here in the Atlanta metro area. So that's a little bit about me and vertical. That's crazy too. And I love that you said there's very few and like I looked and, and but it's funny because I'm thinking from like my vantage point too of like, but there's a lot saying they are. Yeah. And you really have to ask the question of how is it that they are sustainably manufacturing, right? That could be looked at in different ways, right? I can tell you from us, we do on demand, right? So a customer goes to the website, they place the order, we go ahead and cut, sew and ship it to them, right? There are companies that do low batch manufacturing, right? To lessen overproduction or to really be something that's advantageous to the brands that are looking to get out in the marketplace and get product. But a lot, a majority of startups, their, their budget really should go to customer acquisition and focusing on marketing and building up their customer base. So that's another piece that is uh, advantageous in terms of uh, manufacturing, but there's different degrees and there's different levels in terms of sustainability and sustainable manufacturing. And to do it in a way that made sense for us, it was it was difficult once that manufacturer decided that they um, didn't want to do the business anymore. But it was an opportunity for me and for our brand because just from a diversity standpoint, being a Black female, getting into the manufacturing space, like that has just been amazing. So, so yeah, for different ways to slice up sustainable manufacturing, but that's kind of how we do it and how we look at it. But you can always ask the questions in terms of what does sustainability mean to you when working with a manufacturer? Yeah. And I want to come back to that, but I, I want to go back a little bit too, and also kind of follow up on that story because there's these whatever what was the the old profiles and courage or you know lessons in leadership or whatever that like what i i just have to ask like what kept you going in 2020 cuz i mean it sounded like a highlight reel or a low light reel of kind of just getting kicked in the teeth over and over i mean we all have our stories from 2020 and but the timing and it's funny because i ask it because everything you know you're always where you're supposed to be everything ended up happen it almost put you in a better position but as you're going through it i can only i can i can almost feel like as you told the story kind of the and then this happened and then this happened so what kind of what kept driving you through 2020 to just like continue to seek out solution after solution to like okay i'm being here's here we go here's another we're throwing me another challenge so uh, you know how, how did you keep your 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 chin up and keep moving I think it's the Taurus of me, right? I'm a bull. <laughs> I've heard no so many times in my life, right? I've gotten used to hearing no, but my question is always, but why? 
right? You know, so I, I'm a person that questions everything I realize, right? Understand probably the annoyance that my parents felt when I was a kid. And I was like, but why? But why? I was totally that kid, but why? Right. And it serves me well as an adult because it challenges me to be able to innovate. But what kind of kept me focused 2019, 2020, just really kind of looking at pushing the business for it was I believed in what it is that I was doing. I believed that there was a space for me. I believe that this would be a different take on how manufacturing was done and there was opportunity for it to make an impact in the world and overall the brand. Like I believed in my brand to the extent that if someone told me no, I would question why, right? Because the why hadn't settled in me uh, or excuse me, the, the, the no hadn't settled in me, right? To the extent where I, I gave up on what it is that I was looking to do. So someone asking me or saying no to me just made me basically stand 10 toes down in terms of what it is that I was doing, right? And then also look at making sure that the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed, right? And so, yeah, really what kept me going was just the the amount of resilience and the belief that I had in what it is that I was doing and how it could be helpful to our environment and our communities. Super cool. Yeah, no, that's just such an interesting, I love, I love hearing those stories of resilience. It's probably my favorite part of podcasting is every entrepreneur you have on has one of where most people throw in the towel and you just kind of keep going. And I love the, but why, but why, but why, <laughs> because, but I think that that's a, it's a mark of a, of a great entrepreneur of that figuring out and being able to take that feedback too. And like, maybe there is something here to this feedback and did I cross my teeth? Did I dot my eyes? Do I have all my, you know, have I thought of everything? And as you focus in on the sustainability piece, I want to kind of revisit that as well. What is it? And and we you unpacked a couple of them already, but what are the specific ways um, that Vertical aims to lessen its impact on the environment? And at the same time, in what ways has that challenged the decisions you've had to make as a leader? Yeah. So we cut sew and ship on demand here, right? And so creating and making product on demand really helps with overproduction, which is a top contributor to fashion being the second largest polluter on the globe, right? And so that is our main focus. We also focus on making product that is made from eco-conscious materials and also working with U.S. mills to make sure um, that we are decreasing our carbon footprint with when it comes to getting fabric actually sent to us um, so that we can use. We're working on right now recycling portion of the business and the brand so that we can actually take back old product and have it recycled. And so we really kind of look at sustainability as it relates to manufacturing from the beginning all the way to the end of a product's life and being able to offer that solution. Also, it was important to start to look at manufacturing here in the U.S. to be able to make sure that we're creating jobs and then also that we're staying innovative as a country when it comes to manufacturing, right? 98, 99% of our manufacturing comes from overseas. And so when you look at it coming from overseas or whatever, when it comes to machinery and innovation and really 
focusing on building the best product, right? There's definitely opportunity to be able to have that here. And so that was one of the pieces that, you know, working with the U.S. manufacturer was um, super important when we launched as well. And then we became that U.S. manufacturer, (laughs) which I always laugh about because it's just an interesting story in terms of like when you are younger and you write the storybook of how you think your life is going to be and what it's going to look like. Like, I felt like I was going to be like this marketing guru slash extra sex in the city character, right? Like that was what I saw when I was like, I'm getting into marketing and I'm focusing on being the top of my game. And then I turn out and I'm this like very earthy, in tune, question everything being that uh, just manifested and grew into something that's totally different. I know I kind of just pivoted from your question, but it's just interesting in terms of when you look at life and you think that you have it mapped out and the opportunities that open themselves and present themselves to you and being able to lean into that as opposed to resisting it. Because there was nothing about manufacturing that I was like, oh yeah, like let's do it, right? I was like, I would go to the factories and be like, this is great. Where's my stuff, right? But again, being that curious person and asking the questions like, and then the opportunity presents itself, you don't necessarily get these opportunities on a day-to-day basis. And so I would be foolish not to step into that and really look at how it is that change could be created and innovation could be added to the manufacturing um, portion because as an outsider, I'm asking that question, why, right? When no one else is asking that question, why? Other folks are like, well, this is just how it's been done. And that's not a good enough answer for me, so. That's where a lot of change comes from though. I think are the people that come in as outsiders and just don't understand the industry and you're trying to learn and then you start to kind of unpack the, but that doesn't necessarily make sense, but you get you run into that old, like, well, this is the way we've always done it. And you're like, well, let's rethink how we've always done it. Yeah. And I think also being on the side of being a client and then also getting into manufacturing gives me this advantage in terms of how it is that I would look at manufacturing from a consumer standpoint or a client standpoint as opposed to a manufacturer. You know, manufacturers are going to tell you, hey, this is how manufacturing has been done and how it should be done because that's been their experience, right? But as a consumer, I have a different lens that I'm looking at in terms of what's the best process for my business and my brand, right? And being able to have that insight and integrate that into the process has really been a good solution for our business and our brand. Well, and I think going back to your background too, what an incredible, we'll just call it, it's a competitive advantage that you have over some of these other, again, we we joked about it earlier, you know, everybody that's sustainable fashion, I just air quoted for our listeners, but what an inherent advantage you have that you're actually A, sustainably sourced, made, manufactured, and you have that marketing background to be able to story tell because I believe it's a missed opportunity by a lot of true sustainable brands is they either don't want to talk about it. They feel bad 
boasting about it's like it's like no this is this is what consumers want and other people are that necessarily aren't doing it the right way are getting the recognition you deserve so how do you use your your background as a marketer as a pr person is is that what are, i like i'm just gonna name drop a sex in the city character and i'm like uh <laughs> Uh, my wife did get me to watch the reboot and I was like, okay, well, the, one, kinda... the one that did marketing. Yeah. It's Samantha. Samantha. That's it. <laughs> so it, channeling your inner Samantha, like how do you plan to leverage that to kind of really get your story out and break through some of the faux sustainable noise that's out there where again, everybody's a sustainable brand, just like everybody's an impact investor. Yeah. Just like you mentioned, right. Focusing on storytelling and just like you mentioned getting the message out there and sharing. I think education on all levels is super, super important in terms of sustainability, right? So many people don't know what fast fashion is. So they definitely don't know what slow fashion is and they don't understand how the manufacturing process ties into that. People just think that they go to stores and they get clothes and then whenever they need clothes, they go to stores or they can buy it online, right? They don't understand the steps that it takes into making and creating a garment and how that affects our ecosystem, how that affects our communities and things of that sort. And so really what I'm focusing on as we're getting gearing up to relaunch is that educational um, peace and storytelling so that people understand the background story in terms of the why, right? <laughs> there was that question again, right? The why, and then they understand what impact that they can make by helping to contribute or support the brand. So storytelling is super, super important to the business and the brand. And in a way that is digestible, right? And, and people understand Sometimes when it comes to the green community, we could speak at such a high level that people coming into industry are kind of either turned off by it or they just don't understand. And so my goal is to really be able to use my background to make sure that we are educating and we're speaking to folks in a way that invites them into the community, but also educates them and makes them feel empowered to be able to make the change that they can make, right? Folks are not necessarily going to 100% change their wardrobe so that now it is a green, sustainable wardrobe. You spend thousands of dollars on your wardrobe over the couple past decade, and we want them to be able to make realistic change when it comes to their impact. And just small little steps towards that can be super, super helpful and, and can definitely make change. So really storytelling, education, and I always tell people I'm not a sustainable guru. I am maybe a chapter ahead of some folks and maybe a chapter behind, right? But it is something that I am passionate about and interested in and always looking to continue to educate myself more and more about different processes and different ways to be able to integrate sustainability into my life and my lifestyle. And by looking at it through that lens, that's also the angle that I take when it comes to making sure that I'm sharing the news and educating folks and networking and being involved in, in the local Atlanta community, but eventually nationally. So, yeah. That's awesome. And yeah, storytelling is key. And I think will help differentiate as you know, you go out against the other brands, but on the same note, how 
some of these other brands, and you said you know you're a chapter ahead, but maybe a chapter behind others. And I think there's there's something important to be said there about a showing grace to those who are intentionally on the journey to become more sustainable and helping those that are the chapter or two chapters behind us, also learning from the people a couple chapters ahead of us. So as you look at maybe some of the manufacturers who are, you know, I mean, there's some that might have not even picked up the book yet, but if for the ones that are a chapter or two behind, what's a good start with regards to sustainability? And I have a feeling just because I've heard you say it now is kind of the, the why question, but where's a good place for some of these manufacturers to start with their sustainability journey or to take the next step? Yeah, it's the question everything. And again, the why and the why not question, right? Manufacturing has been done in a particular way for generations, right? The, a company or a brand comes to you, you they want to have something created. You go through the process of sketch to technical design to patterns and samples and then inventory. Being able to question every aspect of that step and look at it from the standpoint of, is this process necessary, number one, but is it also sustainable? What kind of impact is this process contributing to the environment overall? So it really is about questioning every aspect of the development process when it comes to manufacturing and being able to look at it in terms of if there is an opportunity to innovate from a sustainability standpoint in that space, right? And that's truly what it is that we're doing here at Vertical is looking at every aspect of that and looking at where is it that we can make impact and what steps can we innovate and what steps can we add a sustainability lens? And really what I call it is a mindful lens. I'm a mindfulness person. So can we be mindful of what it is that we're doing and why we're doing it as opposed to just going through the motions and going through the steps that have been laid out from previous ways of uh, doing it in previous generations? And Again, when I was going to manufacturers and I was mentioning like, hey, this is what I want to do and how I want to do it, I'm used to hearing no and I'm used to hearing people laugh. And that is what was truly happening. But with manufacturers, if they don't look at things from the standpoint of innovating and, and sustainability or whatever have you, then the opportunity for companies like mine to be able to vertically integrate and manage the process itself, it just opened up a door for that. So so yeah, so manufacturers just really have to look at things and, and question how it is that they're doing stuff and why that they're doing it, the why that they're, uh, of why they're doing it rather. Yeah, no, I think that's spot on. And then I think it's important for consumers. I mean, one of the reasons too, that I wanted to have you on was to share your story and let people know there's brands like this out there. In the B Corp world, we always, there was a slogan that came out with a couple of years ago. I'm literally drinking out of my vote everyday water bottle, but it was to vote with your wallet, to vote where you work or with where you work and it, voting every day and brings us back to you bringing manufacturing in-house. And you said something earlier that just struck a chord in me that was, if we don't manufacture clothing here, if we, if we aren't trying to drive that technology and drive those advancements, you know, because I hear that argument all the time, well, 
sustainable fashion isn't affordable or sustainable really anything you know my the organic eggs those aren't affordable you know so but driving that innovation can drive down the price because we can innovate on technology we can make all these things happen where we can bring it to the masses absolutely and and that's a key piece as well and what you'll see in the next couple of months from us is being able to introduce you to your impact. So being able to share with you our team of artists and sewers, right? So that you actually see that by investing in vertical and in, in your purchase of a pair of leggings or some joggers or a sports bra actually contributes to creating jobs here in Georgia and then what that looks like, right? Because I always looked at it from the standpoint of back in the day when we started to be aware of child labor and being able to attach a human being and a name and a face to what was being created and being consumed here in the U.S., like everyone was so up in arms and just was like, this has to change, right? I looked at that and then I looked at it from the standpoint of what would the opposite effect be of being able to show positive impact in terms of introducing you to who it is that's making your pieces and your garments and, and how that is leading to impact and change here within the U.S., right? So being able to look at a negative case study and then figuring out a way to also spotlight change, but in a positive way. And again, looking at it through a mindful lens. So yeah, if we invest more in terms of innovation here and impact here, it, it will drive down the cost in terms of how much it costs to make things and equipment and things of that sort. But really, really, truly the impact is really the impact that comes from being able to make impact in your local community. And that really starts with the people in it. That's awesome. Before we leave, I always love to ask one question. Oh, it's over already. <laughs> I know. I, well, and it's funny because I have more questions that I want to ask too. And I'm like, well, she just kind of hit on the big takeaway here. Um, so I love to ask this is kind of the, the whatever you want to call it, the uh, the wild card question of what's one thing that you wish I would have asked you that I didn't. And obviously you get to answer your own question. I don't know. I don't I, I don't I really don't know, Nathan. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. What did you ask? What did you not ask me that you wanted to ask me? I'll throw it back at you. A question with a question. Oh, now I need to counter with a question. What do you I guess what gives you hope? Like what gives you hope for for not just your brand, but the sustainable fashion industry, sustainable everything. What gives you hope for creating good jobs for everything, for all the positive? You were in the in in the room last night at the GSIC event. Like what? Obviously, that gives me hope. But what gives you hope for just everything that everybody in that room is kind of working towards? What gives you hope? What gets you out of bed in the morning? People, right? I strongly feel that with education and access and options people will make the right decision. They'll make the best decisions for them. And companies like my own will have an ability, truly, truly make as much impact as we possibly can, but it really starts with the people, right? And so like, I'm super passionate about talking about sustainability, specifically sustainable manufacturing and branding and, and educating folks just because it's, it's very transformative when you get in front of a person and they're like, I didn't know that, right? Like it stays with them. And it's like, once you know, once you know better, you do better, right? 
but a lot of people aren't aware of the impact. And so it's important for um, people and companies like us to be able to continue to not give up, <laughs> to be resilient and to continue to share our stories and talk about the change, attainable change that people and individuals can make. But it all is, it's all people. People give me hope. And as long as there's a person out there that um, is willing to listen, I'm, I'm willing to talk and to share and to share my experience. But yeah, it's, it's all the great and amazing people that are out here and that are being able to take on and talk about sustainability through their own individual lens and how I'm able to learn from that and, and how I'm able to help share and educate. So that's my answer. We change the world one soapbox at a time. And it's funny, Jeff and Chat with Leaders, who produces this podcast, Jeff had me, his slogan at the end of every podcast is be a leader worth following. And I think if we're leaders worth following, we will attract more to the movement. And so I, I love what I love that answer. I'm glad we came to this roundabout question at question over question to get to that yeah. last statement because it's kind of the mic dropper of like <laughs> that's it though. It's it's slowly it's building the movement and i mean we can't build it fast enough but we all have to be intentional and realize that it's going to take time it's going to take talking to one person at a time one audience at a time i never mind if there's 10 people there to hear me talk it's that's the beauty we just changed 10 minds so yeah it can be one person it could be a recording <laughs> could be this podcast exactly the way things get uh circulated you just never know when you may say something or um, share something that causes someone to have an aha moment. I have them every time I host one of these. It's awesome. <laughs> I highly recommend hosting your own podcast. So, well, Tia, thanks so much uh, for coming on. I can keep going for hours, but alas, uh, we're over. We're already over time. But <laughs> thank you so much. I mean, I, I've just been a pleasure getting to know you, your story. Um, look forward to continuing to work with you and supporting the sustainability journey and shouting vertical activewear from the mountaintops. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Well, that wraps up another edition of Be The Change Georgia. We're grateful as always for the opportunity to serve you with this content and grow this incredible community of purpose-driven B Corp leaders. If you haven't already, we would be grateful for you to rate the show wherever you get your podcast by simply tapping the number of stars you think it deserves and sharing it with a friend. This helps us get the word out and continue to use our collective influence as a force for good. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening and now go be a leader worth following.